You're listening to the Sermon Podcast from House for All Sinners and Saints. We are an Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregation in Denver, Colorado, and you can find out more about us at www.houseforall.org. The Holy Gospel according to St. John slash my sermon. Please be seated. As Jesus walked along, he saw a man born blind. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Okay, seriously, what kind of question is that? I mean, here are a list of assumptions that this ridiculous question makes. One, blindness, or presumably any other disability, is a result of sin. Two, that the sin of parents can cause a child to be disabled or unwell. Three, that the sin of an embryo can cause blindness. Four, that an embryo can sin. Five, that if someone is to blame for a thing like blindness, that then their sin is in any way our business. Six, that people who have something wrong with them are not aware that you are talking about them. (laughs) We know, trust me, he was blind, not deaf. Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned. Thank you, Jesus. I mean, obviously, right? (laughs) He was born blind so that God's works might be revealed in him. Wait, what? So it's not his fault or his parents' fault, it's God's fault? Or like, God causes his suffering because it will help someone else? I heard a speaker who had a neurological issue that made walking difficult and who walked with a very stylish cane say that she as a disabled person is not here to be your inspiration, be your own inspiration. We must work the works of the one who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When Jesus had said this, he spat on the ground and made mud with saliva and spread the mud on the man's eyes. Okay, this is really one of my favorite moments in John's Gospel. (laughs) I mean, come on, Jesus makes mud with dirt and his own spit when he presumably could have just used water. Or when I think about it, he could have just done it by saying the word like he had before. But the fact that he heals someone with dirt and saliva is so disturbingly physical And it's another sign to us that a physical life is a spiritual life. That to have a body is to share in something with the divine, to share in something with the God in whose image we're created. That even spit is sacred. This is something I am committed to try and remember next time I fall asleep on another airplane with my mouth wide open and wake to the realization that I drooled on myself again. It's okay, Nadia, even spit is sacred. He spat on the ground and made mud with the saliva and spread the mud on the man's eyes, saying to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. Then he went and washed and came back able to see. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar began to ask, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some were saying, It is he. Others were saying, No, but it is someone like him. He kept saying, I am the man. And here we go. The reaction of everyone around him is like a case study in systems theory. Meaning, they're really all the therapists left. 
Um, <laughs> Mostly my mom. Meaning, there really is no such thing as a dysfunctional system. There are only healthy systems and unhealthy systems, but they all function. I mean, systems function as long as everyone keeps playing their assigned role. I mean, the not blind people know that they are the not blind people because they have this beggar who is so obviously blind to compare themselves to. And so in a way, they, they need him to stay poor and blind. When he is made to see and doesn't play his role anymore, they go nuts. If we're honest, we, we love having the designated broken people around us because they get to carry all our brokenness for us. And when they become whole, it puts us into crisis, not to mention the fact that people who are differently abled are whole in and of themselves and are only seen as less than whole by those around them who are uncomfortable with their differentness. But they kept asking him, Then how were your eyes open? He answered, The man called Jesus made mud, spread it on my eyes, and said to me, Go to Salome and wash. Then I went and washed and received my sight. I kind of love that he leaves out how Jesus made the mud, like he knew they couldn't handle that detail. <laughs> they said to him, Where is he? He said, I don't know. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had formerly been blind. Um, can we call him something different now? <laughs> like, doesn't he have an actual name? I mean... I was super jaundicey when I was born and had to lay under those lamps, but like I'd be super annoyed if for my entire life I was called the girl born orange. <laughs> it just makes me wonder if on some level we struggle to see others and ourselves as what we are now and not just forever what we used to be. <laughs> Now it was Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. Just put a pin in that little piece of information for later. Then the Pharisees also began to ask him how he had received his sight. He said to them, He put mud on my eyes, then I washed, and now I see. Seems pretty simple. Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he does not observe the Sabbath. But others said, how can a man who is a sinner perform such signs? I think maybe if the glory and grace and healing of God comes through people we think are not worthy to be the conduit of such things, we can either question the glory and grace and healing we see right in front of us, or we can question our assumptions around who is worthy to be a conduit of God's grace. And they were divided. So they said again to the blind man, what do you say about him? It was your eyes he opened. He said, He is a prophet. Boom. <laughs> the Judeans did not believe that he had been blind, had received his sight, until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight. Well, that's patronizing. <laughs> but also shows that not allowing marginalized people to speak for themselves has a long, illustrious history. <laughs> they asked them, Is this your son, who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered, We know that this is our son. Good. <laughs> and we know that he was born blind. Okay. 
Now I need this picture. <laughs> but we do not know how it is that now he sees, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. Now his parents said this because they were afraid of the Judeans, who had already agreed that anyone who confessed Jesus to be the Messiah will be put out of the synagogue. Therefore his parents said, he is of age, ask him. So for the second time they called the man who had been blind, and they said to him, Give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered, I do not know whether he is a sinner. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. This is such a simple, beautiful confession of faith. The man has some boundaries, God bless him, and refuses to indulge in speculation about if Jesus is a sinner or not. And instead, he just stays on his own side of the street and says that what he does know is that he once was blind, but now he sees. They said to him, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I have told you already, and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? Zing! (laughs) (laughs) Then they reviled him, saying, You are his disciples, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this person, we do not know where he comes from. The man answered, Here's an astonishing thing. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. Man, this guy is my hero, like speaking truth to stupid. <laughs> you know that God does not listen to sinners, but does listen to anyone who is devout and obeys God's will. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of someone born blind. If this person were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, You were born entirely in sins, and are you trying to teach us? Translation, we liked you better when you were blind. (laughs) (laughs) And they drove him out. Because that's what we do. Jesus heard that they had driven him out, and when he found him... Jesus heard he was driven out... And he went and found him. That's our Lord. Seeking the lost and last and lonely. You want to find Jesus? He's hanging out in the smoking section. And at that table in middle school cafeterias where the kids no one likes sits. And in the refugee camp, Jesus finds the ones driven out by those who love rules more than people. Jesus seeks those cast out. When he found him, he said... Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, And who is he, sir? Tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and he is the one speaking with you. He he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped Jesus. Worship is actually just that simple. Simply being those in need of God, being those on whom God has shown mercy, being those uh, those who recognize the divine in our midst. Jesus said, I came into this world for judgment so that those who do not see may see, and those who do see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near Jesus heard this and said to him, Surely we are not blind. 
Are we? Yeah, Jesus, not us, right? I mean, we're the ones who already see everything just the way it is, right? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would not have sin. But now that you say, we see, your sin remains. You can't win this one. (laughs) And maybe that's the point. Thinking we already see everything just as it is might feel good and self-justifying in the moment, but like Peggy says, once we think we are right, we stop taking in new information. But it's also true that once we think we're righteous, we stop taking in more grace. And once we think we know who is good and who is bad, we stop taking in more mercy. And once we are sure we have perfect vision, we stop seeing anything new. And indeed, sometimes God's works are revealed through people and means we don't expect. But while we can get stuck in old identities and old ways of seeing ourselves and others and old rules we think are more important than people, Jesus is all about the new. New ways of seeing, new mercies, new family, new healing, new freedom. Amen. Amen. The Gospel of the Lord slash my sermon.